Do vampires have perfect time? They're just good at being a count. Oh, uh, 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 that's uh, lame. Uh, Bad. <laughs> Bad. Hi, I'm Milk. I'm Cake. And I'm an adorable crochet pillow. This is Nymphomercial, the podcast that talks about hentai both enthusiastically and regrettably. But remember, eat up, eat up. Right. (laughs) That was a good one. (laughs) I thought it was a regular episode. No, we're doing a nympho bites. Um, Cake, you're you're kind of the expert of today's uh, bite, right? I am. I am. It's uh, a kink that's near and dear to my heart and maybe underneath my butt. So... (laughs) Ooh. Yeah. Uh, before we get too into it, do you want to say what it is? Yeah. So today we're exploring the exciting world of fornophilia, which is human furniture. Before we learn the definition and history and accessibility, uh, what tags is everyone feeling today? Cake? Um, you know, someone else can go first because I forgot to, to, to look that up. <laughs> Oh, no, you got to buy me some time cake. (laughs) Okay, I'll start. Today, I'm feeling uh, petrification because I've been so tired. Um, I was editing what is now last week's episode, and I had to, like, just take a nap halfway through. I was like, I'm just going to, like, lay down. And then, like, I slept through several alarms. It was, like, two-plus-hour nap. And I had already napped earlier that day. So, yeah, definitely, definitely petrification for me. Okay. Uh, I'm feeling uh, like Genki girl, you know, like I guess the opposite of uh, milk. And I think that's a tag, right? It's like the type of archetype of like hyper active um, heroine character, like uh, Tomo from Azomanga. She's my favorite. She's the best girl. Yeah, she's she's my favorite. Yeah, underrated. Um, But we don't forgive her for throwing those keys in the bushes. No. but uh, yeah, uh, I've been feeling very like productive today, so um, that's me. Nice. Very opposite of me, indeed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm siphoning the uh, the life force, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cake. Did we give you enough time? No. <laughs> <laughs> Look, go back. Go back to milk. See if he's got. <laughs> <They're> gonna- <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got all the texts. <laughs> I've been too sleepy today to have anything else going on in life. A uh, sugar baby, because I, I just bought my graphics card today. <laughs> what VR games are you going to play first? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, man, I'm such not a gamer, but uh, I'm going to try uh, Elden Ring, oh. I think. Maybe maybe we'll do it on stream. Milk suffers through Elden Ring. I've never played a a Souls game. I have the best story with Elden Ring, and I'm going to tell it here, despite um, her objections. Um, <laughs> so um, my my wife is a really big uh, was a really fan, big fan of like the way Elden Ring looked, and also like I guess the draw of the sort of like the the dark fantasy and the George R. R. Martin uh, narrative <laughs> influences. Um, and she wanted to play it, uh, but like, you know, through proxy of me, you know, so like, you know, you take care of all the hard bosses and I'll just look at all the, you know, pretty stuff that's going on or like, you know, I'll tell you to go here and there or whatever, you know? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> and when I was like, God, oh, you, are you sure you don't want to like take a turn and stuff? And I was like, no, 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 I'm fine, I'm fine. And I'll, 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 I'll just watch you play. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And then one morning, uh, <laughs> I was just sleeping in on a Saturday. And then I got woken up by like the most deaf curdling s- scream ever. You know, it was just horrific. I thought like my wife was under attack, you know, and she just, yeah. The scorpions. Yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> they like, got, I don't know what's going they got on. Her. She saw like a, a huge footstool sized cockroach or something. I don't know. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, I thought that was it. So I was like, okay, what was it? And I rushed over to her and then she was. She was on Elden Ring, and like one of the first uh, enemies surprised her because it was like this big giant troll thing that just appeared out of nowhere. I was chasing her down the hill. <laughs> Gotta love tr- uh, whole hill trolls. <laughs> yeah, and it was so funny. She was like, "I don't want to play this game anymore. It sucks." <laughs> this this will probably mirror my experience very well, just because uh-huh. like I, I get spooked easy. I'm such a bad gamer, so we'll we'll see how Elden Milk goes. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Amazing. Uh, Cake, do you, do you know your feelings? <laughs> yeah, I guess I'd be a mind break. I'm a little tired today too, and feeling a little a little sapped. So I guess that's <laughs> yeah. that's where I'm we'll go. From both of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lemon's going to carry the show today. Basically. Oh, yeah, a, a lemon show today. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, just for those listening, make sure to stick around. This is the 99th episode, so we've got some uh, bookkeeping at the end. Um, but, Cake, uh, do you want to tell us the definition of fornophilia? I already forgot the name. Yeah, fornophilia. You got, you got it. Oh, rad. <laughs> um... So basically, like I said before, fornophilia is human furniture. Um, it's basically using a person's body as like a tray, footstool, chair, table, any sort of other item. Um, it can be as creative as you want it to be. Like someone can be holding like candles or holding a light and be a lamp or a chandelier. Um, sometimes it can be sculptures of the human body, too. Um, it's just very artistic. It tends to be used a lot within bondage, uh, within BDSM kind of as being an inanimate object is like the ultimate form of submission, some would say. So, yeah. Yeah. On the, um, eHentai wiki, it says it's a form of sadomasochism. Masochism. Or at least that's what it's. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, one of the sub tags there, you know, right next to like human cattle. And- yeah. Uh, blindfolded. Yeah, makes sense. You know? It gives me the feeling that, like, if someone were were to play a tree in a play, that they will, that they like after the show think like, oh, this might be something. You know, <laughs> something's been aw- awakened in me. <laughs> oh, like, can I do that again somewhere else? You know? <laughs> um, so it can be basically used as a form of sexual objectification or erotic humiliation. Like, oh, yeah, I'm so embarrassed to be this chair. Ooh, please don't sit on me. (laughs) Um, And the term itself was coined by a bondage artist named Jeff Gord. Um, And fornophilia itself as a form of bondage involves the body being bound or 
you can just have the the expectation that you're supposed to stay immobile for a long period of time. Um, mm. Of course, like you want to be safe with that because your body can get tired. You can get hurt. Like if your body is tied up or restrained in a certain way for a long period of time. So mm. I, I think you misspoke. You meant to say you want to be a safe. Ha 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 oh, ha ha. <laughs> I mean, give me money. I'll hold it for you. I'll keep it safe. <laughs> oh, no. Don't, so, don't let me hold your important documents for you. <laughs> <laughs> All your jewelry's inside of me. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're a top and want to participate in this, do you just like get made into like a chandelier? Is that the... No, <laughs> no, no. You are the, uh, you are the, uh, the sitter. The you sitter. Know? The, the yeah, sub you, would uh, be the city. Around, um, yeah, you walk around the human living room and sit on people and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I, um... But yeah, so I read an article um, recently that showed up in one of my kink groups. It's by, um... Uh, the writer's name is Robin and it's from lovence.com. Um, mm. and basically talking about like, uh, the reasons for fornophilia, of course, um, as I mentioned before, would be objectification, humiliation. Um, a big aspect of it that's appealing to me is service, like being useful in a scene. Um, of mm. course, control and dominance and, as stated before, there's different styles, whether you're you can incorporate as much bondage as you want. It can be clothed. It can be naked. It can be sexual. It can be non-sexual. Um, and I don't know if I've touched on this too much, but I tend to be someone that practices BDSM in more of a non-sexual way. So for me, that's kind of been the draw of fornophilia is it's like an act of service in a non-sexual way. And like I don't know. I'm not I'm someone who is definitely a sexual person, but for some reason I just BDSM is more appealing to me, um, separated as its own thing. So I think that's pretty common though. Mm. It's like the spice on love life, to be honest. Yeah. I I think within a professional setting, yes, it's very common. Um, I've gotten the feeling from a lot of the kink groups that I'm in, like if you're in a 24-7 or even just like a some sort of BDSM dynamic, like with a partner, with a romantic partner, that isn't common, like to not have a a sexual tinge to it. But I guess everybody's dynamic is different. So there's no one way to do it. So what kind of furniture do you want to be? It's so interesting, too, because I would like peg myself as someone who is um, pretty submissive. I don't really have any like dominant inclinations however when i think about fornophilia i think i'm a little bit more interested in being the sitter so i mean that tracks because we all know how you are with butlers yeah and even Mm. yeah yeah i was gonna actually bring that up too is i feel like maybe there is a little bit of switch energy in me that i gotta figure out but yeah i oh go ahead uh, it seems like anytime you are in to a dominant position it's always like structured you know like not just dominating for dominance it's like well they're my butler i've hired them or they're my chair they're just furniture like there's roles yeah what Mm. what does that say about me (laughs) (laughs) um 
that I'm a very much a type A person. Um, yeah. But I think I'm most interested in like chairs are pretty cool. Like I like the idea of like sitting on someone um, big into face sitting anyway, uh, being a table or, you know, commanding someone to hold something like whether I've seen some really cool lamp affordability configurations. See, um, uh, the, oh, sorry. Um, that's what I was kind of curious about is like, I guess all the um, objects to be born affiliated are all like uh, touch centric ones, right? So like things that you would lie on, interact with a lot. So you wouldn't see like, um, you know, like a dishwasher <laughs> as someone, you know, like that would just be like, you know, just making someone do an errand. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I did see a chandelier in some artwork yeah. of like four girls hung up on the ceiling. Yeah. I, okay. I'd say it's it's rare. It's either touch centric or it's something that's very aesthetic. Like, um, oh, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about depictions of um, fornophilia in like media. And I kept thinking about the episode of Squid Game where the VIPs are yeah. watching and they have like the people who are painted and kind of draped around like furniture. Like that's very much like an aesthetic and like power kind of move to be able to be like, oh yeah, you're just a piece of furniture now. Like you're completely ornate. That's your literal purpose is to just sit here and be a headrest. Like your tits are now a headrest. So uh, yeah, but not yeah. a lot of functional appliance, like no dishwasher. <laughs> You don't have, like, someone, like, breathing heavy and then, like, farting or something to be an air purifier. Oh, my gosh. I mean, we, we, don't, have, we, don't, we don't judge on nerve commercial. <laughs> Combine portophilia and fart fetish at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, sorry to uh, interrupt again, but is this uh, similar to the Japanese practice of, if I'm pronouncing this right, nyotaimori? Yes. Which is, like, uh, eating food off of like naked uh, bodies of women and such yeah is that like sort of like i guess tangentially related right yes 100 percent. because okay. at that point the person is a plate or a serving uh, dish yeah. or and also yeah, you know yeah. a work of art um showcasing yeah. the food it's less about them it's uh position of you know power and control to be able to eat sushi off of someone's naked body so when you're just so into cottage core, you become the charcuterie. <laughs> mm. Amazing. You, go. you got the aphrodisiac fetishes in there as well. So like, you know, it's, it seems like a very flexible fetish to mm-hmm. sort of like cross uh, integrate, cross pollinate with other ones. Yeah. Surprising for something that practices being so stiff. Yeah. Hey. It's very flexible. Um, some, <laughs> interesting ones that um, were recommended in this article like as far as like ideas for fornophilia uh, were ashtray you can let someone put their cigarette ashes into your hands like that's your oh, existence oh okay I thought like putting the cigarette out, out on somebody well you know some I people mean, are into that but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I've seen someone put it out on the tongue like oh. yeah. someone said clothesline like whether you're holding the clothesline with your hand or having clothing attached to like Just, nipple jewelry, oh. which is kind of cool. Or T-pose. Yeah, T-posing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, put hangers up on your arm. Yes. Who among T-posing us has not done that? Talk. I have done that. 
<laughs> Honestly, I'd be into this if I can find someone to be a bookshelf because we just lost our bookshelf with my roommate moving mm-hmm. out. And I, I need a place to put all my art books. Yeah, you just <laughs> gotta like get a, a live-in sub who's into fornophilia mm-hmm. to be your bookshelf. <laughs> I like, yeah, I like that uh, strange erotic adventure of milk just pretending to be into fornophilia to replace furniture that it lost. <laughs> Yeah, amazing. The whole time I'm just like, yeah, that's so hot. The way that you hold my Meg's history of graphic <laughs> design. So yeah, I'm gonna need a light. So you know, chop chop. <laughs> um, there's a little bit of cross pollination between fornophilia and like if you have um, maybe like water sports inclinations. So one could be human toilet. Mm. You know, you know how that goes. Oh, I was still thinking of like tables and stuff. And I was like, that's odd because like usually you don't want to get those things wet. Like <laughs> they ruin the varnish. No, no, we're, we're in the bathroom now. Mate. Yeah, we found to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mr. Don Water Sports just uh, peeing on his human urinal. Mm-hmm. It'd, be, it'd be interesting to see if like someone has to pretend to be a faucet by like drinking water and just like. <laughs> just dribbling it out of their mouth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. I think it's a very it's a very creative fetish. I feel like there's a lot of room for like interpretation and it gives me like um interpretive dance vibes. Like, you know, like I gotta yeah. figure out what it is from like body language kind of thing. You know? <laughs> for sure. I've create I've I've created a new character. They're um rest coon and they just like play all the roles in a like Mrs. Doubtfire, I think that's the right one, way of like going from one spot to another spot in the bathroom just trying to be every part of the furniture during someone's <laughs> service. That'd be fun. <laughs> How do you discover you're into something like this besides the being a tree during a school play? <laughs> um, I guess for a lot of people it would probably be like it's not too much of a stretch to think about it branching from like if you're someone who's already submissive Mm. um and thinking of ways to serve your dominant or whatever title you choose to give them um and you know thinking of ways to to better be of service and i don't know i feel like sitting on top of someone is pretty a pretty domineering action so yeah it seems sorry go ahead enough it seems very much of like a result of experimenting with different scenarios once you're already into bondage and then you stumble upon this and you're like oh i like this particular scenario let's do more of this yeah i feel like that's definitely how it happened with me um i think also i've mentioned it before on the podcast that uh, Edogoa Rampo short story about the chair, the dude who sews himself inside the chair, so the girl he's into will sit on him. So, uh-huh. you know, as you I do. Sh- I should mention this kink bothers me so much. Oh, really? <laughs> does it bother you? Uh, just because, like, like, a lot of it's the thought of like not being able to move and. I am so panicked about that, that like if you hold two of my fingers directly in contact with each other, like I will panic very quickly to the point of like a few seconds and I'm crying. Oh my gosh. Uh, Are you claustrophobic? I I am. It's not too bad, okay. but it's it's more about like rather than tight places it's more about the movement of limbs when i was Mm. younger it was a lot worse like blankets couldn't be tucked in at all Mm. um but like 
no matter how much I improve, the finger thing is is still there. Like, I can't even do it to myself as an example. Like, even though the safety of just letting go is there, yeah. it's still like just instant panic all over and like visceral reaction. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the, like looking at images of this uh, typically just like irk me. Um, but it is a very like pretty and like craftful kink from a lot of the stuff I've seen. 100%. And I think there's an easy transition between, like, if you're into bondage, whether that's using, like, restraints, like leather restraints, or using shibari. Um, I think mm. it's a pretty, like, easy transition. I mean, shibari is about contorting the body into artful positions anyway. So, like, it's not too much of a stretch of, like, contorting somebody into a chair. Yeah, might as well put some candles on her while she's tied up, you know? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I could probably do this if I was like a ceiling fan, you know, like all my limbs stretched out, not tied to each other. <laughs> and and they rotate you mm-hmm. at high speeds. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm good with that. Uh, I don't get dizzy very easy from that stuff. So mm. maybe that's my destiny is to be a ceiling fan. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, yeah, as I was about to touch on, it does seem like the very logical progression of uh, a BDSM uh, submission kink because uh, it does, um, I guess, maybe like, if I'm not, I'm not from looking too much into this, but I feel like humility does play a part into the sort of dynamic of this, like to be uh, stripped away of one's um, human identity into like furniture. 100%. Does it, of, does it for a lot of people, you know, to be like uh, degraded, like in that sort of fashion. Yeah. And um, for, I, of course, can't speak for everybody, but my perspective of being into being submissive is it's a nice way to turn my brain off for a little bit and not have to be in control of stuff. And I, what, from what I've gathered from like the spaces I'm in, that there's a lot of people that feel the same way. So um, head empty face chair. Yes, basically. I mean, who doesn't want to just be a chair for a couple of hours and just forget about the rest of the world? That just sounds nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I'm coming around to this. <laughs> <laughs> just be a lazy boy for a little bit. A literal lazy uh, boy. Exactly. I want to be a Barca lounger this Sunday, you know? <laughs> Let me, didn't you draw yourself as a lazy I, boy I, for more Yeah, I did. Covers. So, like, oh, my God. I'm, I'm discovering things, you know? Um, but no, I, I, I definitely see the... Um, uh, the emotional involvement in this fetish, and I feel like it's it's got so much room for creativity and stuff. And I mean, with some fetishes, there is there is a level of uh, I'm trying to find the right word for this, but like uh, shock value, you yeah. know, where I feel like you know you you say something about some fetish, and you know it might be weird, but it doesn't like you know shock you. You know, I feel like um, pornophilia is definitely one of those like oh you know it's so low on the shock value scale that like, okay, you just want to be a chair. All right, whatever. You know, I don't, you don't feel offended if somebody like if a partner requested this for you, you know, you just be like, all right, let's try it. You know? So I agree up until you walk in and discover it. Like if you come into a room and that's your exposure to it, I feel like then it would be a a bit more shocking (laughs) because you might not notice it at first. (laughs) (laughs) Like I think, is that the goal? Like you're just trying to like, Oh, my ultimate goal is like I gotta pass as a chair. No, you know? <laughs> I don't think that's the goal. Because yeah, that would be terrifying. I think it's more of a like 
<laughs> it's not just being the furniture, it's the process into becoming the furniture and being used. Yeah, yeah. You don't just walk in and sit down and feel something under you and it's like, be our guest. <laughs> no, I don't I don't think I think pe- people who are engaging in fornophilia are like, you know, they don't don't spring it up on you. They don't yeah. like, <laughs> like, oh, Connor's been out for an hour. I wonder where he's been, you know? <laughs> and it's the, you know? the same as like with most um, scenes in video, it's something that is like discussed and planned out and, you know, agreed mm. upon. So. Yeah. So I want to talk about what I think might be kind of like a, a subshoot of this. Yeah. Um, the, the artist uh, Ikea Rot? Acura Rot? Ikea Rot? That's, I just realized I that Ikea, kind of makes it sound yeah, very Ikea Rod is like very, very on the nose. I, I think it's Accurat. How's it spelled? Got, yeah, type it's, it out it's for It's in us. the Discord. Look in the, the recording booth. Okay. Akai Riot. Riot. Milk, you were oh, so Rod, far I missed off. the eye. <laughs> was, that's well, insane. <laughs> Akai Riot. Riot. Um, they have a OC and they did a um, little like set where they kind of fused her with different items in her hair. Like they put um, shovel handles at the end of pigtails. Uh, They put a like car steering wheel on her uh, ponytail. Mm -hmm. And then they also did bike handles and She's very much like a submissive sexual character. Like this artist primarily just draws her in sexual scenarios. Um, even though that's like, I wouldn't say necessarily the focus of a lot of art. I think that's what this character's for. Mm. Like their newest piece is her with a uh, measuring stick marked on her throat. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I've seen that one. That's pretty, that's pretty creative. I really like this character. There, there's links in the show notes. Um, but yeah, do you think this kind of fits because she has like kind of the objects, not like trying to be that, but like objects incorporated into her outfit for her sexual use? Definitely. I feel like sexual objectification as a whole is a facet of fornophilia. So I I could see this tying in. And I know like we had talked a little bit like before recording about whether or not like transformation into furniture or things like that applies. And I think there's a, there's like a sliding scale of what Mm. constitutes as fornophilia. So. Okay. Well, cool. I got my artist out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) And that that segues into mine. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lemon, you, you have something related Uh, to transformation. Yeah, Ish. so um, when we were discussing that this episode was going to be the foreign affiliate one, uh, I think I'd had a uh, maybe a grave misunderstanding of what it was, or like at least a different uh, perspective than um, Milk and uh, Cake did. But uh, I was thinking of like it's the transformation into inanimate objects. Um, so my artist that I'm going to plug for this episode is uh, Zoro or Subakitsu. Uh, so they like the focus of their art is like uh, transformation based, um, and I think we touched on this last episode with our transformation thing, where sometimes it's the transformation into uh, 
degrading object, you know, things mm-hmm. to be used. So, like, I feel like this is just like, as Kate mentioned, there's a lot of overlap here with how, like, there's a sliding scale of, like, you know, the degradation, the humility part of it. And uh, from some of the art I've just linked to my co-hosts and, you know, I'll, we'll show, obviously, in the show notes, um, you know, there's some transformation into, like, being a beach ball, a towel and stuff like that. But it's very much, like... Uh, not interpretive, but actually like literal with like mm-hmm. more uh, leaning into the objects proportions and less uh, the human scale aspect of it. Yeah. One of them is a s'more. I could be <laughs> so into this. Yeah. Do you want to be the eater or do you want to be eaten? I want to be the eater. I love sweets. Bring it back to our war episodes. Well, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Oh, wait. So what about you, Cake? You've got that big old cake head. Yeah. yeah. It's full circle. Mm-hmm. There we go. It's like poetry, it rhymes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've also got some other art as well. Okay. I think uh, there's, um, I think, I guess it's an, an OC they use, but this is definitely more like, oh, here are objects, you know, um, and such like that. So I think it's kind of fun to sort of like, um, as an artist, to draw stuff like this. Uh, because my my brain goes into the, like banjo kazooie mode where I try to put like <laughs> anthropomorphize different objects around the house and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see that object around the house and I'm looking at a gorilla and a pig, like you know, <laughs> yeah, just lying you know. around, you know. Um, the household gorilla just sitting there. <laughs> yeah. I, don't know I am obsessed with the drinky bird. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know I mean, what the thing is on the left. I guess like a pillow, right? In the it looks like a pillow or like a beanbag yeah. or yeah yeah um i mean we just need to make like a erotic version of banjo kazooie nuts and bolts and just there we go you know i'm, I'm gonna learn how to use unreal engine just to make a game like this amazing <laughs> perfect just transform into different objects but very sexually hmm and I guess um, another, just to touch more on the transformation aspect, I think when you go on um, the hentai galleries, uh, a lot of foreign affiliate content is just people being like transformed into uh, objects that already have a sexual purpose, I guess, to be, I guess, to be further objectified, like to be transformed into on holes and uh, urinals and stuff like that. So yeah, uh, I guess that's where my interpretation of it uh the tag was you know yeah and i don't think that's a inaccurate interpretation at all especially if we're looking at it in more of like a fantastical context rather than it being something that can be like more practical Mm. or realized in real life so yeah 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 Yeah. when trying to research accessibility I, i found it very strange that uh i couldn't find the more uh i guess vanilla sense of it of people Mm -hmm. like bondage tied up i i did find some but for the most part it always led to the fantastical which you know it it makes sense like you can do these things in illustrated works you might as well but the the lack of just tied up bondage putting yourself into to furniture was really lacking in western art uh but on Mm. uh pixiv uh, there was a lot more content for that. And I actually found a uh, really good image of, and this isn't a, an artist that like specializes it, but 
hold on, I have to find it now. Um, I found an image of, of two girls, one upside down to be a chair and then the other one to be like the base for a desk. Love it. It was so hard to find this stuff. Like my best resource was r slash hentai fornophilia because even e-gallery, you know, they kind of have some leeway with their tags to other tags. So Mm -hmm. a majority of them stuff doesn't even have the fornophilia tag. It's just like associated tags. Yeah. It's very hard to find this type of content in like hentai and like Western work um, besides like the transformation. But even that isn't as common. Yeah. And I will say it is present in Western works that are particularly about BDSM. Like I think of Sunstone, like there's quite a few um fornophilia examples within mm. sunstone itself but that makes sense because it's a comic like about bdsm in general so yeah it seems like a topic they touch on in bdsm stuff rather yeah. than it ever being the main focus yeah for sure and i i do wonder if that's because it's something whether it's because it's a niche kink or if it's because it's something that can be realized in real life a little bit easier but i don't know yeah, yeah. I think that's that's definitely hitting the nail on the head. I think there's the difference between the uh, interpretation of the uh, kink because of one aspect of it can be actioned rather than yeah. another, like, you know, like, I can't just turn myself into a beach towel no matter how hard I try, you know? <laughs> if I yeah. just keep wishing on that wishing star, it <laughs> might happen. Yeah. I mean, especially Lemon and I were so sweaty, just <laughs> never be a towel. <laughs> Don't yeah. let your dreams be dreams. We'd be refunded <laughs> immediately. <laughs> I, I could be like some type of like sprinkler system just flicking my hands. I did find when looking on Twitter, because that's the source I really like to to go for, even though like there's no tagging system, really. Um, I did find someone who drew Sans Undertale as a lamp, um, Reverend Heavy, uh, but it doesn't look like that's their art focus. This was for a particular project, but got it. Yeah. That was a uh, interesting find. Amazing. Yeah. Sands under tail. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, and and like you know, you gotta appreciate how detailed they went with like a full skeleton and stuff because that that stuff's not easy. Someone else took the straps or vegan leather. Amazing. Oh wait, that's sands. <laughs> is it papyrus or sands or is it supposed to be papyrus? Is the long one? Sands is the short one. Oh, maybe it's papyrus. Oh no, I saw the icon. It's definitely uh, sands. <laughs> well, okay. well, this is for a, um, I think like a zine project. Mm-hmm. So um, there'll there'll be a link to the the tweet, and y'all can go on your own Undertale <laughs> adventure and explore. <laughs> Well, you can go click on the font sauce tag that's tagged with and be treated to gems such as these. We, we got to talk about Sans one day. Just a whole episode on Sans. Yes. Um, I haven't beat Undertale yet. I've only played Chapter 1 of Deltarune, so... You haven't played Undertale yet? No, I bought it the day it came out, but um, it's hard on computers, so I won't get it on the Switch. Is it hard? computers uh, yeah no, you got like a 370 ti like the things they use in nasa <laughs> you know, like 
What do you mean you can't run Undertale? <laughs> no, I don't think like, it's hard on computers. It's one of the few games that like I can run on my shitty laptop easily. No, no, no. I mean, it's hard to perform the controls on a computer uh, environment. Oh, okay. That's what you mean. Okay. Yeah. I, I did get it the night it came out, um, and I only had a Wacom. I didn't have a, a mouse and keyboard yet, and so I had to go out and buy it to play it. And then I was like, this is difficult, and I stopped. Amazing. I've, I've disappointed Toby Fox. Mm-hmm. I'm telling. <laughs> yeah, on their birthday and everything. It is seven years old today. <laughs> oh, is it really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, no. Um, okay, well, that, that'll be another Let's Play. I know Juno and I dabbled in Undertale uh, mm-hmm. or Delta Rune on stream, but I'll, I just have to commit. And then we'll have our Sans episode right after I finish Undertale. Amazing. Cool. Okay, so I shared some of my artist's work. That's the the voluptuous lady uh, sitting on man chairs. I, I love these pictures. They are like... Me? Who um the artist's name is Namio Harukawa, and he is he was a like a pioneer in femdom art and like using men as furniture, which we stand. Yeah. Um so good. So good. Um he passed away in 2020. So ah, RIP. Re- real one. Pull one out. Yeah, a real one. Perfect artist. Yeah, 100%. Um really like into face sitting and smothering. And bondage and using people as human furniture. Um, his work is just super iconic. Yeah, I mean, what else can you say? Like, uh, first of all, like it, it's the content is great. It's just like it. The man was living his truth, and I totally hundred <laughs> percent support that. But like, as an artist, like it's really good as well. Like the 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 use of like subtle warm tones and the lighting, and then the perspective is just like. This should it's be very, in a museum, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's very realism, full rendered uh, pinup style, you know? Like, not uh-huh. to copy realism exactly, but the the skill of realism mixed with that little bit of stylization for pinup. Yeah. And then there's also the uh, the abstraction of sort of like, you know, making the women bigger and the men just like uh, itty bitty in comparison. Yeah. It's insane. Uh, I also yeah. like that one. That one picture of his that's the most iconic for me. It, yep, there we go. It's <laughs> right there. The, the, the gal pain- on the train just crushing yeah. the dude. Like the painfulness of it. It's just like there's so much going on in this picture. The guy is like, is, I think he's just dead, right? Realistically, he's dead. The, the school girl just like, um, excuse you. <laughs> uh, and the woman is just like, yeah, whatever. It's. It's. I could talk about this for hours, but I won't. <laughs> it's beautiful work. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So I would like to pitch a, a new segment for our bites. Mm. What if we try to pitch a hentai using the, the bite topic? So, you know, we, we haven't ever really seen like a full comic of just this particularly. Um, right? Or... Maybe we have, but but it's pretty rare. So my pitch is someone who is supposed to be the furniture is really bratty. Um, so just like they, they're tied up or whatever and they do it, but they talk back the whole time. Um, you know, a 
very much like anime, like your sword doesn't listen to you sort of thing, but erotic. Oh, that's pretty good. Does the furniture have to be fucked into submission to be compliant? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm I'm on board with this. This sounds amazing. It's it's like a bookshelf and they keep knocking the books over and they're like first edition. So the the uh, head of the household, she's very upset, has to <laughs> has to like get them to be compliant to hold their books. Well, that's a, that just sounds amusing. I would love to read that. There would be a musical number. Okay. Car chase as well. <laughs> yeah. A car chase. Uh, well, that's. Did they transform into cars. Yeah, they oh. transform into cars and no, that's no, how no, they no. get. The shelf is driving the car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's like an, a lost in Ikea maze scene. Oh, it's, it, if it's, it's kind of like mixing um, the Matrix, uh, the Giver and uh laid the beauty and the beast Mm-mm. amazing okay uh here's my pitch that i just thought of right now uh you ever seen the show quantum leap <laughs> yes <laughs> yes so for those who haven't seen it it's about uh, if, actually it's been a while since i've seen it so if i misremember it feel free to correct uh correct me but uh, it was about this guy who's like trapped in some sort of weird time paradox where like every episode he would be like transposed into a new identity like this one um time he'd be a woman who was working in an office and then this other time he'd be like a sheriff as a cowboy or something like that you know like you'd just be like i have to pretend to be this person this episode and um you know do the right thing and assume the responsibilities and all that stuff so my idea would be like it'd be the same thing as that but um every couple of pages they are transposed as a new furniture in a new place and they have to like uh, succumb to all the uh, uh, wear and tear of what that furniture is. Grandma's rocking chair. <laughs> yeah, you know. Table. One of the best things about Quantum Leap is, at least the episodes I remember, is that this isn't just like a random person he is. They're essentially like people from history that you oh. would have known about. So oh. like he has to complete the scenario in the like proper way so like in one episode uh at least at the end or at the beginning it's been a long time this is a show from like 1989 is when it started but uh in one episode he's john wilkes booth and he's like "Uh oh <laughs> he's not quite goofy but um you know he has to like do things the the correct way um yeah and like i love the idea that it's like still that premise of like time periods that are well known through history but you're the furniture <laughs> like so like you're like a chaise long in versailles like oh, for marie antoinette some shit yeah. like that yeah you're you're uh sigmund free freud's couch do the john wilkes booth episode but he's now the uh the chair the theater yeah. chair yeah <laughs> No, they're important furniture for our history. Like they were, the, like they transform into the tape recorder of Watergate. You know, <laughs> amazing. You become uh, Kennedy's car. Amazing. <laughs> I'll protect you, President. <laughs> okay, my pitch. My pitch. Go ahead. Is I want something about either like a, an e-girl, like a streamer, or whether she does like 
VTubing or whatever and has just made like a shit ton of money. So she basically uh, and she also has like a lot of, you know, subscribers Mm -hmm. and has basically started using her subscribers as furniture because I want to see some of her simps configured into a gaming chair and a gaming desk to hold her PC. So cool. Sub goal, become a chair. Yes. That's great. <laughs> I love this concept. <laughs> I would I would love to see that and like see the 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 room slowly get more and more anthropomorphized. <laughs> yes, that'd be amazing. Just like imagine her punishing whoever her desk is because they're like not keeping their back straight enough mm-hmm. while like she's doing high competitive esports. And also you could like play at the comedy aspect by like one guy has to be like her entire mouse, but like is way too big to be on the desk. And he's like just huddled over in the fetal position, trying to move around. Amazing. <laughs> kind of funny. Oh, they would all have to be RGB, but <laughs> yes, <laughs> they're all wearing LED strips. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they just wear LED strips or have like light up like butt plugs and stuff because obviously they're naked. Of course, so, you of know, course. they're just wearing those like reflective pads that bikers have. <laughs> <laughs> just slap some of the little like red blinkers on their asses you know (laughs) amazing that's good that's good that's actually uh, that's a winner there well they're all all winners to be honest yeah but we've got three works just great uh to go down um well we've been a little out of order this episode but uh lemon is this something you've ever drawn in your work uh for an affiliate um I've, you know what? I've drawn a lot of stuff. <laughs> it's hard to keep track anymore. Um, but as actual furniture, I don't know. I'm not against the idea of it all. I don't think it's, um, like I said, it's uh, low on the shock value for me. Like, so I just like, even if I don't initially like get the appeal of it, I just want to like, I still feel like it's uh, something to be very comfortable with drawing and stuff. So yeah. yeah. Maybe this is the next EPIN chapter, you know? Uh, there we go. I think that's uh, that's uh, un- untapped territory there. Uh, yeah, we already did our artists. And any last thoughts on Fornophilia? Chairs, good. <laughs> chairs, good. Oh, God, it's the old infomercial bit of, like, gaming versus office chairs back again. <laughs> we can't escape <laughs> chairs. I'm team office chair. I feel like gaming chairs are just all style, no substance. But that's just me. Oh, hot take. That was a hot take. No, I I 100% agree with Cake on this. Like, I've bought multiple chairs because I am a heavy person. And break chairs, like, they are in and out burgers, you know? Um, (laughs) Do you break burgers? I I don't know. I'm hungry. Um, (laughs) But, um, yeah, no. Gaming chairs just don't last, like, a, a moment at all. You know, they just... And they don't feel comfortable. An office chair is nice and big. You know, it encompasses your whole body to let you sprawl out on it. So, yeah. We just sit in for eight hours, eight to nine yeah. hours a day. So it's it's durable, yeah. built to last. You want to fidget so you don't, you, know, you don't want to feel like you're in a driver's seat all day, you know? Yeah. I will say gamer chairs are quieter often, which is important to me. Mm. As a podcaster. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I'm being called out for my big, durable office chair that has supported yeah. me these entire years. <laughs> Your chair must be submissive. It's always moaning. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Tie it back to the foreign affiliate. 
Yeah, yeah. No, but uh, yeah, office chairs are nicer. That's that's what I have is a nice leathery plush chair. Um, although whew, that uh, that Genshin Impact Razor or whatever, not Razor, but the the accompanying brand chair, that was pretty cute. Okay, what kind of chair are you working with? I have an office chair, um, but I've souped it up with, I have an egg sitter. Ooh. Um, and then I have another pillow on top of that. So my ass is very comfortable. Yeah. Oh, an egg sitter? Is that like the donut thing? Um, It's not like the donut thing. It's... <laughs> So it was this as seen on TV thing and the way they pitched it, it's this like silicon like chair pad oh. that like conforms to your butt. Ooh. Um, but the way they pitched it is like, oh, it's so comfortable and like so gentle. You can sit on an egg and like people have like tested it and like, yeah, you can sit on an egg when you're sitting on it. But yeah, it's just called an egg sitter. Yeah, Purple oh. has one. Um, yeah. Have, have you done the egg test? <laughs> I have not done the egg test. I mean... I feel like people who are into like cake smashing and stuff like that, <laughs> sloshing, whatever it's called, oh my goodness. would probably be into eggs. Yeah, you're going, you're going to have to do it. I'm an it. egg sitter in name only. <laughs> All right. Well, well, moving away from eggs and, and furniture, uh, Levin, do you have a uh, flavor of yesterday for us? Uh, yes, I certainly do. Uh, so today's um, flavor of the yesteryear is another character based one so you know not like a trend like we've seen before but um more like a character and i feel that this character is particular set off a sort of like a cultural movement of like um a different standard of waifu we want to expect in the future long gone are petite uh docile demure and you know itty bitty we want big we want it's strong we want powerful we want you know, intimidating fear, you know, and I feel that uh, it's not better represented in any other character immediately than Lady Dimitrescu from Resident Evil 8. So, uh, yeah, this uh, this game, if for those who are not aware, this game came out in, um, was it March of 2020 or like early 2020? Uh, either way, I'll, I mean, sure, you can Wikipedia, you know. Uh, but I do remember that the hype for the game before it released was uh, insurmountable because mm-hmm. of Big Vampire Lady was just casually dropped in one of the trailers. And everyone wanted to know what the deal is with this um, Big Vampire Lady, you know? Um, so then uh, it, I remember my first interaction with this was uh, following the uh, YouTuber Sphere Hunter. And she um, tweeted about this. And I think that it exploded from there. And then the apex of like interest, I guess, in the mainstream was when uh, Markiplier um, responded to the sort of like um, the depiction of Lady Dimitrescu. So ah. I feel culturally, I've, I think I've always been into just like big, powerful women, you know? I think that's just the total jam of mine. But I feel when Lady Dimitrescu came out, it was like, you know, you get to see where all the hands are being raised and how many people are actually <laughs> into this and stuff. The lights were on. <laughs> yeah, it feels like the greater, like, you know, we see the, all of society just like unanimously agree that, yes, this is cool, you know? Um, and yeah, I think she was, um, she was around for like, you know, Twitter trends and stuff like that. I've drawn out of her multiple times. 
um i think of, i think most artists i know have drawn like drawn one piece of her there's always just like something to draw with her and um yeah lady dimitrescu opening uh i mean i don't know if there's any like ones before her there's definitely like archetypes but none as popular as lady dimitrescu for me i'm not a fan <gasps> why <gasps> a little passive um i don't know because i like pale uh i'm not like necessarily into giant women like a amazonian and stuff but it doesn't ever like bother me um i'm <laughs> super into like the vampire stuff mm. uh i like older clothing and aesthetics I don't like yeah. her dress, though. Um, love big, silly hats. I, I don't know. It's just something the way they congeal together for her. I'm not a fan. <laughs> just never was that into it. But I, I can appreciate uh, the character and appreciate, like you said, it was a real eye opener of like who's raising their hand. Mm. <laughs> I will say I love that the cosplayer Mastiff with a four. <laughs> um, mixed her with uh dale dimadome <laughs> amazing uh owner of the dim still dimadome yeah yeah and i i've shared with my co-host a tweet of just like her doing the dimadome cosplay but eventually she did it with like the the dimitris dress but then the the dimadome hat and it was very great <laughs> uh what do you think about lady dimitris okay big sexy i love her Good, good, right answer. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, um, yeah, I feel with Lady Dimitrescu, it was a very much a, um, like after that, I feel like uh, more waifus and maybe character designs were very much like, yes, yes, we'll fully embrace uh, big Amazonian women as a sort of like a, a, you know, a staple of like the sort of waifu archetypes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think of like other people that like followed in that footstep, but like the one that comes to mind right now is I guess like like uh, She Hulk in the new uh, Marvel uh, series right now definitely mm-hmm. uh, piggybacks off that sort of energy and momentum a bit in some way because there's a there's one episode where like a guy is just totally into her just because of like you know Dommy mommy vibes. And stuff yeah, like that. So like, no, it makes sense. It's definitely like a cultural inspiration has been uh, taken from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we need more giant women waifus. <laughs> I forgot the word for <laughs> yes. <a second>. Yeah, <laughs> well put. <laughs> Just you don't need to say. You heard else. it here first, folks. <laughs> so so articulate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm desperately looking for this fusion cosplay. Yeah, and I, I think need it for like the, the show notes. <laughs> I guess with like a giant women, there's also like Steven Universe comes to mind as well. Yes, that's one that's like in, well, of course, with the song and everything, but also just embraces like women of like particular huge size and stuff like that. Um, because I remember like the juxtaposition with like uh, Lady Dimitres being like this really tall lady and being like very much welcomed by uh, the majority of uh, the male community. I'm you know blanket terming here, but you know. Uh, it's very much a contrast to how I feel Bayonetta's reception was when she was first revealed, because yeah, I, I was a big fan of Bayonetta as well. Like, I mean, me too. You know, I tall girls, you know, all the way through. You know, but I also Dommy mommy energy of too. Yeah, yeah, and you know, there's a bit of like I feel like Bayonetta um, 
crawled so Dimitrescu could run. Um, 100%. Well, Bayonetta like, couldn't run in those heels, so... I mean, have you played the game? Oh, she could. She could. <laughs> she, could. she could do everything in those heels. And um, I remember when Bayonetta was first revealed, I think a lot of people were turned off by like, wow, oh, she's so tall and lanky and her body proportions are all weird. And I'm just like, you guys really do just sound like cowards and in 10 years you're going to look dumb. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they were weak. <laughs> you're not a person of culture. Exactly. So like, it's uh, interesting to see how... Um, Society has come a long way in the time mm-hmm. that Dimitrescu and Bayonetta have been revealed. So I'm just I'm just happy that we're on the right course in some way. <laughs> yes, you could be on the right side of history. <laughs> we're all forgetting the bir- the first sexy giant woman though, Godzilla. Uh, yes. I, I I always assumed Godzilla was a guy, but I could see I could see a girl as well. Have you never like, seen the Godzilla 2000 movie? Well, as a Godzilla fan, we don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about Zilla. You know, that's... Mm. Uh, but no, I guess you know, there is interpretations that Godzilla is um, maternal in some sense. Um, I guess I, I can... I'm flexible to that idea. Uh, I guess I, I guess because I always just uh, ship them with Mothra. So yeah. I like that. So like... Lesbian couple. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Look at okay. Mothra's wings. They're already lesbian colored. Ah, uh, yeah. Yep. 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 That my heteronormal. That's just femme lesbian, butch lesbian solidarity. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's true. I can see it now. Now that you've said the magic word, it's all fall into place like a Rube Goldberg machine. <laughs> just imagine them going to IKEA, buying a kitchen <laughs> island together. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. Uh, are y'all ready for me to take over the 34 segment? Go for sure. it. Sure. I am bringing back our our competition, uh, Champion of 34, where I give uh, both my co-hosts and the listeners a chance to guess which of two things has more uh, depicted works on Rule 34. Our first one is Gatorade versus Pepsi. Ah. Uh. I'm gonna so I'm gonna go with Pepsi. I'm gonna go with Pepsi too, because Pepsi Man. Pepsi Man and also uh objectively a better drink. <laughs> well wait, what's Do you this? like Pepsi? Uh, wait, wait, do but do you like Pepsi more than Coke? Yeah, hundred percent. Coke tastes like I am going to kill you. <laughs> whoa, 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 okay. Coke <laughs> tastes like chicken grease. I don't know what it is. What? But like, what? I don't know what it is, but like I think I've had way too many Cokes alongside a kfc so like i think i've got those wires crossed but pepsi just has i think a bolder taste than coke i think it's your like non-native american taste but i just can't handle the pure glory of coca <laughs> american coke when you hear a bald eagle screech when you open up a can <laughs> they're both american aren't they like why are we putting queens against each other um <laughs> i will say i'm not the biggest cola fan i do you like Coke more? I'm really into the specialty versions, though, like uh, Coke Starlight, uh, mm. which uh, friend of the show, uh, Mel, uh, oops, a non-binary, and I have been in many disputes about its flavor. Uh, but right now I have a Coke Dreams in my fridge. What I'm does a- dreams taste like? Coke dreams. I'll, I'll have to make a special little recording to to review it. Maybe I'll maybe I'll review it on Twitch. Just an hour-long stream of me drinking one Mm Coca-Cola. I will say that Coca-Cola never did have a crystal Coca-Cola. So, like, you know, points to Pepsi there. 
Well, even more so, they've never had a Coca-Cola Blue, and Pepsi Blue is so good. Mm. I have one left hidden in my closet, just just for an occasion when I'm, <laughs> I'm desperate. Special occasion. I don't know if it's still good, but you know. <laughs> never go bad. Um, <laughs> okay, but what's the best flavor of Gatorade? Uh, I want to go blue. Yeah. I know what if it's is it called something? It's the, the blue Gatorade. You There's know so I mean? many blue ones. The light blue? Yeah. The yeah. like icy blue? Yeah, the, the de icer. <laughs> blue frost. <laughs> the antifreeze. Yeah, there we go. The antifreeze one. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Antifreeze Gatorade. I like that one too. Yeah. Mm. Uh, didn't we like just talk about this on another episode? Oh yeah, I'm sure we did. Because I had mentioned that I liked grape too, and then oh, got, right. got told that I was wrong. <laughs> you are so, wrong. You know. Back to the chair. <laughs> yeah, we're going to make you a uh, Fornophilia water cooler. Amazing. And then um, water sports the coach. Amazing. Important question. Monster energy drink uh-huh. or Red Bull? Red Bull. I don't like either. Red Bulls are easier to mix with things and their flavors are just better tasting. But sugar-free Red Bulls are way better. Mm. But gun to your head, cake? Uh, I guess Red Bull, because I've had more Red Bulls than I've had of Monsters. Mm, that's true. Monsters just disgusting. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm of the Red Bull persuasion as well. I like Alani Moo if I'm getting an energy drink or like some weird off-brand ones. Mm. Eh, bang, we're okay. But my, my girlfriend, though, she'll like drink three bangs a day. So... Um, mm. Maybe a problem, someone say. <laughs> My heart. Uh, oh, check that ticker. <laughs> so I, I forgot I didn't give the score. So Gatorade, um, there are 13 things. And okay. because there's only 13, it's pretty easy to identify 90% of them are Gatorade related. It looks like one of them's Dragon Ball Z. Um, I don't know how Gatorade was tagged in here, but the rest are, are Gatorade themed. Uh, we've got someone uh, just like drinking Gatorade, someone turning into the Gatorade liquid. We've got Vaporeon inside of a Gatorade. <laughs> now, Pepsi. Um, Cake, you mentioned the Pepsi man, which, yes, that, mm-hmm. that is a reason that Pepsi sent at a comfortable 319. But also, there was recently a reveal of the new protagonists for Fire Emblem <laughs> Engage. Oh, that's not Pepsi, that's Colgate. Uh, well, uh, so the boy is Colgate and the girl is Pepsi, I think, is the consensus or vice versa. But yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> the two different versions and genders. <laughs> Colgate and Pepsi. Amazing. You're either toothpaste or soda. <laughs> That's what you see on the to- on the toilet stalls. <laughs> mm-hmm. My my favorite thing, and I will link in the show notes, is someone drew art of a girl lactating, or the girl from from Fire Emblem lactating Colgate toothpaste. <laughs> <laughs> they it was right there. They could have made it pilk. Yeah, it was right there. <laughs> I'll have to draw that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay. Our next one is Genshin Impact versus League of Legends. It's hundred oh, percent Genshin. I don't. You could have said f- five other tags, and Genshin would have beat them all. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, Genshin Impact is at fifty thousand. 
uh, League of Legends is at 71,000. So you're both wrong. Wow. League of Legends been around for so much longer. They have spinoff games. The new show Arcane, like, really boosted it up. Well, let's come back to this in the year because, like, that's amazing growth from something that's going up against something that's been up for so long. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Genshin's only been a little over a year. So, and now that Sumeru just got added, oh boy, we'll see a lot. Um, (laughs) All right. I've I've got a three-way one for you here. Okay. Uh, Okay. McDonald's, Burger King, and KFC. Oh, KFC. I want to go with McDonald's because I think... There may, I'm thinking of that um, that one uh, redheaded girl they got for that Japanese commercial with the tattoo song. But I don't know. I want, I want, I'm interested to see who it could be. There's got to be a lot of Mare McCheese porn out there, a lot of gr- Grimace porn, you know, hamburger. Yeah, yeah, there's a whole harem of like McDonald's yeah. characters. <laughs> the, the McDonald's uh, orgy. Yeah, K- KFC has just got the kernel. A separate tag is uh, Grimacefication, so... <laughs> <laughs> um mcdonald's is sitting at 362 Ooh. burger okay. king at 67 okay and kfc at 154 okay that's, okay. that's so surprising is it just the guilt factor with Colonel Sanders? Yeah, 100%. Wow. Yeah. So McDonald's has a lot of characters, so they, they're clearly winning. Although there's a lot of uh, the the Sanders, because, you know, they made the anime sexy Sanders that one time. Yeah. yeah. I was about to say, they, they kind of yassified Sanders a bit, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> there, there's a, a few depictions of Sanders and the king. That makes sense. This is my my favorite here of uh, the king taking Sanders from behind. And in protest, uh, he's trying to talk about Wendy uh, and the king won't have it. (laughs) (laughs) And like, that's why I didn't put Wendy's in here, because that would have been too easy. Like, we all love a sassy redhead. Yeah. And I particularly love stripes and uh, pumpkin sleeves. So, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, last one. You ready? Go for it. IKEA versus Lego. Oh, <sighs> interesting. But mm-hmm. I think I'm wondering if for IKEA, if it's like the people, the the little figures that are in like the instructional manuals, <laughs> or if it's like Blage the shark or Jungle's Cock the bear. The d- <laughs> <laughs> is that how you pronounce it? I thought it was ding, ding. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> but I knew what you were know. talking about. Yeah. Someone call yeah, I don't uh, speak renowned shark lover Becca Dex on how to pronounce it. I've never <laughs> known how to say it. Bajaji. Yeah. I just say Baja. The Baja. Baja. As, as everyone knows, I just make words up in my head after the first few letters. So it's between IKEA and Lego. Lego. I'm going to say Lego because I feel like people have been making horny shit with their minifigs yeah. for like the longest time. And plus you've got that um, that Manic Pixie Dream Lego from mm-hmm. Lego movies. Oh, Wild Style. Yeah, you know, so what has Ikea got? You know, the Fialbo. Also, Lego Batman and Lego Joker are gay, so, you know. Yeah. yeah. The fertile ground. 
Ikea's only sitting at 44. We've got stuff like people on a table. We've got someone as a table. Uh, we've cool. got anons wearing Ikea panties or the Ikea shirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so a wide range. Um, there is one of a cute girl naked getting out of bed with the shark. So yeah. Lego, however... <laughs> is at 1,389 with Bionicle in the 500s, Ninjago in the oh, 400s. I, I forgot about Bionicle. That's yeah. that's where those numbers are. That's the B and LGBT. <laughs> <laughs> that's Bionicle phobic. If you say otherwise. <laughs> Bionicle phobic. Because you can say I'm Bionicle curious. <laughs> I'm going to Photoshop the the bi flag into Bionicle pieces. Amazing. Um, but yeah, that that's all the the competition I have. If you all listening out there can think of like good things to pair off, uh, let us know on uh, on our social media. It's just at an infomercial on uh, all platforms, except TikTok, because we've already talked about how hard that is. Oh no, we talked about that before the show. TikTok's too hard. We're too old, and you're too young to be using, to be on this show using TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's been our show. A little bit of housekeeping, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, cake. Um. Yeah. So, I always think about how. I, I think VTubers do it too, but I know a lot of Japanese idols like when they they move on from something rather than calling it retiring they call it graduating so i just wanted to make the announcement that i am graduating from nymphomercial um i've got a lot busier in my personal life and yeah so i am going to be stepping away from the mic yeah um you know, uh, there's some archived episodes I'll be pulling out to to get a little bit more cake in the, the feed. Um, and eventually you'll need some supplementary courses to come back, right? Um, <laughs> but it's going to be such a different show without you. We, we've had you this whole, uh, what, like the last 40 or no, last 60 episodes, I think. Yeah. And I I just wanted to make sure that, you know, for me, it was important to say like uh, or to just not leave. Yeah, I guess for me, that was really important. So I just wanted to be transparent and let everybody know. Um, and I've really enjoyed doing the podcast. Yeah, it's been so. a pleasure having you here. You uh, are always so educated on things. You do your hentai homework way better than any of us. <laughs> You're hilarious. You are very charismatic and charming and have a wonderful voice. We'll never be able to uh, replace who, who you've been for the show. Uh, an amazing co-host. You're here. Thank you. Um, and I'll still be around in the Discord and still hang around, you know, on streams and things. So you might hear me again at some point. But yeah. Yeah. Not gone or forgotten. Just graduating. Uh moving on to to other things yeah yeah so with that uh cake good luck on your endeavors thanks and everybody else good luck on your erotic endeavors thank you for your service (laughs) someone cracked open a coke yeah i was gonna say let's play like a sizzle wheel of all of cake's great moments here (laughs) oh my goodness (laughs) 
<laughs> It'd just be her just going ass. <laughs> yeah, ass. Like real AVG. I laughed so hard. I laughed so hard when I heard that that was the, the intro clip. <laughs> it's just so good. Just ass. It's, it's my, my angry video game nerd ass. <laughs>